Okay, so we have, are down to our last, uh, our last evening, our last three principles of Bible study out of, I think, 21, if I remember right, that we've got. And as I told you before, there's, there's some others. But these are, these are the central Bible principles, Bible study principles um, to use. And, uh, and we'll do a, a short review uh, here at the very end, just watching time, because we'll go through these fairly quickly. Um, you're going to notice this very first one on, on, I think, for you guys, page 38 or 39, never base doctrine on a single verse or passage. Now, this principle, and, and we've talked about this several times, how all these principles uh, overlap. They, they fit together perfectly. It goes right along with what we looked at last week in understanding clarity, okay, um, not putting a, uh, uh, not getting ourselves into doctrinal error, okay? And this goes right along with it. Uh, the principle is simple. Doctrine must be supported by the whole counsel of God's word, okay? It, we, we all like to, and I've mentioned this several times, to, you know, go look up verses like in your Strong's that support what it is I want to do instead of actually taking all those verses and finding out, God, God what do you, how do you define this? How do you use this? Uh, what do I need to know? Okay. And uh, this is real easy to do. Uh, remember Isaiah 28, and I believe it's up here or, or about to be, Isaiah 28, 9, and 10. We've talked about it several times during the study. He says, whom shall he teach knowledge and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Okay. Good questions. All right. Knowledge and doctrine. Who, who's going to be able to understand it and learn that? And the answer is, starts with those who have been weaned from the breast, those who have been weaned from milk, okay, uh, those who are growing beyond the baby stage. You know, the parents have this two-year-old precious little boy, right? And he, I, I noticed when he came in tonight, he went to take off and do his thing, right? And he can really motor. But you're not going to put him behind the, the wheel of the car, right? Okay, please. <laughs> okay. Um, there are just certain things. You have to be growing, okay? Uh, God tells us to be good stewards, right? You know why? Because he is a good steward. He is the definition of good stewardship. And uh, he doesn't just, here, let me give you all the mysteries. You know, a mystery is something to find out. It's something that is to be sought out and to, to dug out and to be grabbed a hold of. Uh, because if you don't, then it's worthless. You're not putting some work in, okay? And so he's a good steward, and you and I need to be good stewards. So he says, hey, who shall he teach knowledge? And, 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 and who shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. Here a little, there a little. It's a piece at a time. Everybody, anyone here, probably old-timers only, heard the old, the old uh, saying, uh, Rex was looking around. Who? Um, how? How does the flea, this big, eat the elephant? One bite at a time. Does come from the old timers, right? One bite at a time. That's what he's talking about. Line upon line, precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. You have to. You know. Let me back up. When it comes to the Word of God, when it comes to uh, growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. When it comes to, to understanding and developing wisdom, that doesn't happen because you just come and you're here every Sunday and maybe even every Wednesday and uh, you love the Lord and you say your prayers and you read your three chapters, but you don't ever do anything with that. It comes from laboring in the things of God. It comes from actually uh, studying to show yourself approved. Uh, it come, it's like anything. A house doesn't happen, doesn't get built just because you say, I love that piece of land and I'd, I'd like a house to be right there. Right there, right? You'll be there a long time doing that, okay? It takes work. You have to actually, you know, work, get the money, put, it, put the thing together, build it yourself or have it built. You know, it takes work and it takes time. That's what this is about. And when you or I or anyone takes one verse out of the Word of God and tries to build a doctrine on it, you're going to be in trouble, okay? 
Because God doesn't, number one, on any doctrine thing, or doctrine that, that, that we need to know and learn, he's given you more than one verse, okay? This is God's mind we're talking about. So he's given us more than enough to work on that thing, okay? If, if we just, and this is what happens here, look at B, many heresies are based upon a single verse or passage taken out of the context, or out of context, a uh, little error there, uh, taken out of context of the whole Bible. Um, Mark 6, 56, last verse in that chapter. Flip over there real quick, or, or I guess look up here, and let's read it. He says, And whithersoever he entered into villages, the Lord, or cities, or country, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch, if it were but the border of his garment, and as many as touched him were made whole. So this verse, just by itself, all right, a lot of uh, faith healers and, and uh, I'll just call it straight what it is, charlatans, people want to make a lot of money, will do up what's called prayer claws. Any of you heard of those? Ever got one? Somebody thought it'd be funny when I had church in Arizona and they, they sent me some of Dr. Popov's little oil. I started to say snake oil because that's what comes out of my mouth, but that's what it is. Just a little oil and, you know, just take this cloth and you have it and just lay it on this, this infirmity or lay it on this burden or, or take this oil and, and, and put it on there and just pray in faith. And if you pray in faith, it's going to happen. And that's a lie. Those are people taking your money your time, your talent, and, uh, and I wouldn't want to be them. I, I, I don't like being myself a lot of times, but I would not want to be them uh, before God because they are simply taking advantage of people who don't know the Word of God. So, well, they should know the Word of God. Well, that, that was true of you before you knew the Word of God, right? And me before I knew the Word of God. I mean, that's like saying, well, they should have known not to be. You got to learn, Right? And when you see people being taken advantage of, when you see something uh, are wrong, and if you have friends that are buying these kind of things, pray for them. Talk, ask God to give you a door of opportunity, man, because it'll be there. God will do that for you. Because these are people usually who want that relationship with God. They, they want something from God. Now, maybe it's selfish. Maybe they just want to, you know, they want something from God and that's it. I mean, we're, we're like that, right? Be honest. Your prayer list a lot of times is what I like to call a demand list. Here, God, here's what you're supposed to get me. This is what I want. Like, like a two-year-old, you know, for his birthday or just walking through the store. And we are very much like that, myself included. And, uh, and it's, it's beyond sad because that's not, that's not the way we should be with him. And certainly that's not what God was doing in something like this. In fact, if you go back to Mark chapter 5, you have the, the story of the woman, right? Jesus is dealing with Jairus and his daughter, and, and the woman has, that's had the issue of blood for 12 years, you know, she's coming through. She's tried everything. In fact, I believe the Word of God tells us that she has spent everything. She has done everything she has, everything she can, to try to get this infirmity fixed. And not only has it not worked, but she's worse off than she was before, the Word of God tells us. Okay? But she's trying to get in there, and the Lord's dealing with Jairus and his daughter, and, this, uh, and she's like, okay, there's the press so crowd. She's like, you know, if I could just touch his garment, then I'd be healed. Okay? And she was. She, that happened. But why did that happen? Okay, faith. Yep. Yeah. Do you think that happened with God not knowing it was going to happen? No. You know, you say, well, Jesus didn't know because he was surprised. All of a sudden he's like, oh, virtual went on me. What happened? No. He knew. And it was an opportunity to teach. Yes, she came in faith. She came with a true need and, and wanted to, to actually talk to the Lord and she saw what was going on, and in the humbleness of her heart, she said, hey, if I can just touch his garment. Faith, true faith, all right? Much different than what these guys are doing. 
with, with taking these verses out of context. You know, the thing that, I, that, that just astounds me is they love to quote this verse here, Mark 6, or 756, right? Or 6, or 656, you know? They'll quote it and quote it and quote it. But I'll bet you they don't know one verse of the preceding 55 verses in that chapter. And it's the last verse in the, in the entire chapter. There are 55 other verses. Not many chapters have that many verses in them. Even in the Old Testament, there are some. But man, there's a lot there. You would think, maybe I should go back and find out what all is going on here, you know. Uh, because there's a lot going on that, that, that brings us to that point. So again, that takes us right back to our very first principle, right? What's that? Before you do anything. Context, man. Establish the context. Establish the context. So when you hear somebody just take one verse and try to build a whole doctrine on it and then ask you for money, time, talent, or treasure, then that's when you put the brakes on, guys. That's a red flag that says, wait, hang on. This uh, doesn't smell right, doesn't look right, and it's usually not right. Okay, next one. Number 20, I guess it would be. This is, this is a very important one, okay? This principle is about never dismissing Bible warnings, right? Have, have you ever made the mistake of ignoring a, a warning sign on the road and ended up in trouble or in a ditch? I, I haven't, but I have seen the result of people trying to skirt it or ignore it, okay? Never works out well. Those warnings are there for a reason, right? They're there to protect. They're there to give you instruction. Hey, the lanes are coming down to one, and you better get off here or we're going to have another wreck, all right? That's not fun. The other night, I was coming, or afternoon, I was coming back from Kansas, and they had completely shut down I-35. And I was astounded because the only place I've ever seen that happen is in Phoenix when, when we were out there. Something goes wrong, they just shut down the whole highway. Everybody has to go off. But there, man, the, the streets every mile, I mean, every square mile, the streets are like a, a major little highway. You know, two big streets with a middle lane and then two more streets and a big way. It's not a big problem. I get off and I'm, okay, how am I going to get over and around on these little small streets because everybody had to get off. There are warnings throughout the Word of God. Come over to Deuteronomy chapter 6, or, or look at it up there if you like. But Deuteronomy chapter 6, there's a good warning here. Um, the principle, again, don't dismiss those Bible warnings. Why? The principle is simple. Israel dismissed clear instruction from God, and what happened? Came back to bite them. Came back to haunt them. Came back to really get them because they didn't listen. So, A, God chastened Israel when they disobeyed his warnings. Deuteronomy 6, and again, there's a whole lot going on in this chapter, but 6, starting verse 12, he says, Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him and shalt swear by his name. You shall not go after other gods, other gods of the people which are round about you. For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you. Lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. That's a pretty direct warning, right? Tells you, hey, here's what you don't do. Here's why. And here's what's going to happen if you don't. Okay? And, uh, of course, remember this. When you're reading about Israel, you're looking in a mirror. We're looking at ourselves. I know when I was a young Christian, I used to look at Israel and I'm looking, I'm going back to the book of the Kings and it's like, oh, so-and-so served the Lord and, and did that which was right in the sight of, of the Lord and everything is so good, you know, in Israel. And, you know, the next chapter says, and, and 20 years later, and so-and-so became king and, and didn't do that which was right in the sight of the Lord and everything's bad. And it just kept going. I'm thinking, man, what's wrong with these people? God's blessing them, doing all this good stuff. How stupid do you have to be to just chuck that? And all of a sudden, everything's bad. Well, then, then I lived a few more years and realized, oh, the same way I do. So I'm just as stupid as they are, maybe worse. So when you see things back there in the Old Testament, you know, I know, I said, well, it's the Old Testament. That's not for us. Oh, yes, it is. 
That's, that's for us to see ourselves. And man, he gives these good, clear warnings so that we can avoid those pitfalls. God warned Israel to keep his commandments or they were going to endure some chastening. Now, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, how many of you are kids? Okay, good. I was, a few of us, anyway. Well, when you're a kid and you don't listen to the warnings of mom and dad, or in our day, or the whole neighborhood, you know, what happened? Back in our day, yeah, you got the switch. If you were out in the neighborhood and it happened, man, you might get switched by the neighbor lady or, or something like that all the way home, and then she tells mom, and so mom gets you the switch, and then dad comes home, and get, dad gives you the belt. And I still didn't learn the first time or three, okay? So I understand Israel. I get it. Here's the thing, though. At any time, you can just do what you're supposed to do. He says, do this, don't do that. Simple. I used to tell my kids, you have, the, you have the easiest job in the whole house. All you have to do is do the things we tell you, and you enjoy all these blessings. You know what God says? Hey, Mark, man, my house, my thing, if you just do what I tell you, it's going to be good. Even when it's bad, it's going to be good. Okay. Go out and do something dumb. Dumb. God chastened Israel. And we know what happened to Israel. In fact, come over to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. God chastened them. We know what happened, man. He sent, uh, he sent the Chaldeans. He sent the, the Philistines. He sent uh, Nebuchadnezzar and the boys one time. I mean, he, they don't want to behave. Okay. Nebuchadnezzar, come here. I got a job for you. Pharaoh, you already hardened your heart against me, but I got a way I can use you. Man. And could have all been avoided. Hebrews chapter 12, look at verse 6. He says, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. He chastened them because he loved them. Just like our parents chased us because they loved us. And you, you hopefully chase your children when they disobey because you love them. You want them to learn. Hey, there's a consequence for disobedience. There's a loss of privilege. There's a loss of blessing when you don't do the things I've told you, when you don't follow the way that I've instructed you. It's the same with him. And we as Christians need to take these things very seriously because God has given us a lot of instructions, right? We need to take God's warning in the New Testament seriously or we'll end up suffering that chastening. I have... Maybe you haven't been saved long enough for that to happen. A few of you probably, yes. We've had a little chastening, haven't we, sister, <laughs> over time. Okay? It's never fun at the time, but it happens because of love, because he wants to correct that bad action, that bad decision-making. Because that's really what it boils down to, is decision-making. It's like when you hit the, the snooze, no problem, right? Five minutes. But then you hit it again and again. And you know, I have got to be, but man, I'm just so tired. And, you know, all these, and now the excuses come. So I'm, I'm just going what is that? It's bad decision making, right? I used to see folks in, in, in Arizona, we have these, on the highways, we have these uh, lanes called HOV lanes, high occupancy vehicles. You got to have at least two people in them. To be in them. So in, in the mornings in particular, during the rush hours and mornings in the evenings, which they are very long, five hours usually um, each, you got to have at least two people. The buses are over there. Everybody's over there. They can, and, the, and that lane moves fast because everybody else is bumper to bumper, bumper to bumper, right? And man, without fail, Lisa and I used to, I used to take her to work all the time every morning and we're going through and we're just waiting. Okay, who's it going to be today? And sure enough, all of a sudden, you'll see it. Somebody's like, ah. they jump out. It's only one person in the car. And I know what they're thinking. They're thinking, I'm just going to do it for a minute. 
And as soon as they jump out, you know who's three, he- three cars ahead of them? I mean, every day it happens. They're either three or four cars ahead of them or they have these little slots and they sit right in there. Boom, they go by and gotcha. Every day. I mean, without fail. And then some people, you know, they, they'll, they put you know, mannequins and all kinds of, you know, pregnant women all the time would say, well, there's two of me. Well, but you're in one container, so guess what? <laughs> you're over here, okay? I mean, it's just every day. You know what that, those are? Those are excuses. Those are bad decisions. Bad decisions. Because, you know, we like to say, man, man, I just fell right into that sin. That is not an accurate statement. You didn't fall into that sin. You jumped into that sin, right? Maybe you snuck into it hoping nobody would see, you know, as if God doesn't know. That, that, that's what I hate about myself. I'm like, who was I kidding? I know I'm not kidding him. I'm not kidding myself. Oh, stupid. Stupid, stupid. Bad decisions. It always comes down to decisions. You know, you, know, you really don't have a whole lot of control over things that happen in your life sometimes, right? But you always have control as to the decision you're going to make in terms of how am I going to respond to this? Am I going to respond to it biblically or not? Am I going to respond to it, you know, by putting some prayer and time into it? If you've got that kind of time, you know, it's or not. And it doesn't matter what the or not is. It's not going to work. It's going to come with a consequence. God does not need our protection, by the way. Look over at Revelation 22. There at the end of, the, of your Bible. He's able to take care of his own testimony. We don't, we don't need to uh, worry about him taking care of business. He's always going to do what he's going to do. Uh, the question is, do, am I going to get on board with him and take advantage of that and the blessings that come with it or not? Or suffer loss. Revelation twenty two nineteen says, And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. So when it comes to Bible uh, and God giving us some warnings, like, hey, don't take or add to the word of God, it's always a decision. Um, we're not going to jump into manuscript evidence, which we could spend a lot of time on with that particular verse. Uh, but the bottom line is, if, uh, if you, or not, you or I start adding to it, it's not going to end well. Anybody remember the first time we see that happen in the Word of God? That's right, Eve. She starts talking with somebody she shouldn't talk with in the first place. And then she starts rationalize she's making some bad decisions and the next thing you know she starts adding to what God said <laughs> and uh, that just never ends well as we are evidence of okay and you said man I wish it had been me instead of her no you don't because then it'd be your name in there <laughs> okay and my name in there uh, we we all we can all make bad decisions. We all make bad decisions. We all like to cover up our bad decisions and make excuses for bad decisions. When what we need to do is say, Lord, I made a really bad decision. How do I keep from doing that again? What should I have done? Get in the Word of God. Get on your knees. Ask God to show you. Now, if you ask God to show you, what do you think is going to happen? Huh? He's going to show you. He's going to bring somebody across your path, or he's going to show you in the Word of God. If you go searching, this really comes to uh, our last principle of Bible study. Flip over that last page there. And that is understanding what to do when we don't understand the Bible. I mean, that's where we started, right? I got this great thing called a Bible. What do I do with it? How do I understand what's going on in here? Well, what do you do? And that's what we've talked about this entire time. We take these principles and apply them to what we're reading. Come over to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Lord, I, 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 don't, I don't understand this. What do I do? Okay. James 1.5 says this. If any of you lack wisdom, 
leather mask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. You don't understand the Bible? You don't understand something? You don't understand? Man, why did I do that dumb thing? Ask. Spend time in, in a, he is a, he's not just a good father. I, I, I've been a good father at times. I've been a, a not very good father at times. He is always not just a good father. He is a perfect father. And he will always give us what we need. Also in the book of James, a little bit later, if you check it, you have not, why? Because you ask not. And, and half the time when we do ask, we ask amiss because we want to consume it. I, I, I want something. Lord, I've been praying for this car for a long time. You haven't come through. Well, oh, really? So you didn't get the message then, even though he's been sending that email daily and text and banner behind a plane every day when you go out that says, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm thick, but I, I do get it after a few times, you know. Rarely the first time, I admit. The key is going to him and asking him. You don't understand. Go to him and ask him. He's either going to show you, again, you got to get in the word of God. I, I think I told you the story, and I'm not telling on her. Lisa would tell you this herself. Ask her sometime. Man, she, she went to our pastor one time uh, because she was having a problem with somebody that lived in the house with her uh, and called her husband, and uh, um, which was legit. Like, you know, all these things. And he's like, well, how much time have you been spending in the Word of God lately? Because she's talking about, oh, for weeks and months and all this. Well, how, where have you been, where you been reading? What have you, you been doing? Well, I haven't had time to read my Bible. I'm dealing with this idiot, and, and, and I, I barely have time to pray and ask God to fix him. She'll tell you this. I'm not, I'm not telling on her. And he's like, well, that's great that you were praying and asking, but you know, you have to shut up and listen to the answer sometimes. Okay? And, man, we, yeah, be still and know God, I'm God. You know, if you're going to pray and ask God for something, then get in here and find the answer. Because otherwise, all you're doing is complaining. You're doing like I caught myself today, I told you about. Murmuring. Complaining. Begging. I don't have to be a beggar. I, I have access to the throne, man. I have access to God Almighty. I have to beg. I'm dead. I don't get this. Remember I talked about, like, you see David. He understood this. He was a beggar. He's like, hey, I don't understand what's going on. This makes no sense. You said this, but I'm looking over here at the lost, and they're getting away with this, and you said if this, and here's that. And, I, and this makes no sense. I am so frustrated, man. I'm actually mad. And I, I'm, what, what is going on? God doesn't get upset over that. Say, oh, good. Honestly, now, now, now we can get somewhere. I, I, every time I read that or think about that, read those those passages, I think about a, a time in my life where I, I went to uh, my pastor, and I had had some issues going on in my life. And uh, no, it wasn't last week. This was few decades ago but it it but i finally came and i said hey i know i've done this here and here and i know i'm not doing this and i'm, I'm working at this says, what do i need to do i'm, I'm i know it's in here and, and i'm i'm messing up because i know it's my own heart and it was it was my own heart i'm just okay now now we can work on this why i mean i mean uh, uh, folks in, in life issues understand this. You know, what's Hill saying, man? It, it starts with the admission that there's an issue, there's a problem, right? If I ignore that, then it's, it's going to be really hard because now instead of being able to reach in there and just squeeze my heart and get my attention, he's got to be doing one of these numbers, you know? Baseball bat. Hey, dumb mule. And after, you know, three strikes in a row at bats, I'll finally start to say, man, something is not working. 
Man, when we don't understand, all we got to do is go ask. And, and, and what we have done <laughs> with a four-month break in there because of COVID is take 21 principles to show you how to do that. We've got a real quick little print here of what you do. It's simple. Number one, don't violate Bible study principles. Okay? If somebody tells you, you know, hey, man, you know, we're in Mark 656, man. If you get you a prayer cloth or some uh, Dr. Popov's oil, man, you, it'll fix you right. It'll take care of that issue, that problem. It'll probably only cost you, you know, 40, 50 bucks, you know, because you probably got a good heart, really want to know what's going on. Nope. Learn to use what God has already shown you. Some of us, you learn it. I told you, my first few years of my Christian life, man, I was learning and learning. I'm throwing it all in the pack every time, and I'm even taking it and making sure it's all organized and in its right order. You know, I got a little monk in me, and I'm like, you know, right, I got it all in there, but it's still in the pack instead of using it, using it. You got to use it. If you know it and you, don't, and you don't use it, then it's useless. You don't know nothing. And lastly, trust God to reveal his truth to you in his time. Okay? I wanted it all right then. I, I told you before, man, when I was young, man, I saw what God was doing in, in, in my pastor, and, and I'm getting involved. I'm seeing all these cool things God's doing. I just want, I wanted to know the Bible like he did, and I wanted to know all these things, and I went after it, and I got it. And it, it took about three years and realized I got all this and I don't know nothing because I wasn't using it. I was passing along sometimes, but I wasn't using it. You got to say, you know, we need to do things a little different here. Actually, I, when I say we, I mean you, Mark. <laughs> okay. Hey, you got to use it. And, and remember this, Relax. There are certain things that we will never know until we get to heaven. You know why? Because this little pea brain in here or a big Einstein brain is still not big enough to comprehend everything that God does. I mean, why do you think you get a new body? <laughs> Man, there's a point at which there where we get that new body and get everything. You couldn't handle the knowledge the entire total knowledge you got. Now, it's in here. I mean, I can't wait for that day when all of a sudden I realize and I look through and I'm like, oh my gosh, it was right there in front of me. Okay, I, that happens now sometimes. And it's, I love it. I feel like an idiot, but, but a blessed idiot. I'm like, oh my gosh. And it just, there, there is nothing that excites me more than all of a sudden seeing something right in the middle of a passage book that I have been looking at maybe teaching for years and decades and bam here's this new thing I'm like oh my gosh you, you know it's 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 funny I when I was younger just out of the Marine Corps I, I was taking some uh, martial arts and there's a guy over here in Independence uh, Sayu Oyata uh, this guy was from Okinawa he was old world man and this is a guy that looks like frail little mister about to keel over and die but I guarantee you, when I've seen him, big young guys try to grab him, and the next thing you know, they're all laying down. And you're like, what, what just happened? I mean, that's not, you know, the movies or nothing. This is for real. And, and he would teach us these things called katas. They're just a, a form thing that you practice and do. I thought, well, okay, well, that's great. I can do this whole end up. How does that help? Next thing you know, you're learning. You're like, oh, hey, that one thing where I do this and I come over. Oh, that's how you get a hold of somebody's wrist. And, and the more time I spent, all of a sudden, I'm starting to learn and realize that all that boring stuff I, th I thought was boring that I was doing, that's where it all was, right there. It was all in there. I couldn't see it. I didn't know it. And then I see him do stuff and that would just blow your mind. And you're like, oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. That's from that very first kata. And he'd be like, yeah. It's all in there. Now, that's, that's in a worldly physical thing. How much more do you think here? Huh? And, and I'm like you. I, I get to that point where sometimes I'm just like, I've read this over and over, man, you know. And all of a sudden, it's, it's a chore. 
instead of a joy. Well, you know what you have to do sometimes? You just have to grit it out. I mean, I'd like to blow sunshine up your backside, but I'll be honest, I just sometimes you just got to grit it out like anything else in life. Because that, that teaches us to, to push through things even when we don't understand them. Say, Lord, and be honest with God. God I, I, don't, I don't really get what's going on right now. I don't know why I've got this attitude. I mean, I have these conversations with God that, you know, it's a good thing the Holy Spirit of God is, you know, doing the interpreting, right? The groanings can't be uttered. Because I can't even follow myself sometimes. I'm just like, you know, well, Lord, you know, I really need... I know I need to be doing this, but I have no desire to do that. And you know that because my heart is just not right on it, you know, but, but I want the right things, but, you know, but I, but I don't. And, but I want what you want. And, and if you're listening to this thing, you're like, this guy's an idiot. Somebody give him a shot of Prozac and throw him in the loony bin, okay? And God's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep, gotcha. Okay. It's, it's worth it to do that. It's worth it to push. You know, the, the, you know a lot of times we, we want to think, well, I'll just learn the Bible and, 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 and those things, you know, I'll, I'll learn it. I'll listen to Pastor Brian and, and I'll learn these things and put away and, and, you know, throw it in my backpack and I'll have it on and, and things will just happen the way they're supposed to. Because I know something that just magically happens. It doesn't happen to anything else in life. Why would it happen here? But if instead... At those times when it's just like, eh, you know, that's where God's looking. Hey, where is your heart? Say, God, I know my heart's a mess. You told me in Jeremiah, man, my heart is deceitfully wicked. I've been spending too much time trying to figure it out. And you told me that, that that's a fool that tries to find his own heart. Can't be discovered, man. It's wicked. And that's a blessing, by the way. But if you could, God help us. God says, here, let, let me help. But, you know, it has to do, again, that decision-making. Will of the heart, if you will. <laughs> Pun intended. It's about where are you really at here. Not circumstances. Circumstances, I mean, let's be honest. Circumstances are rarely really good. Sometimes they are. And sometimes, you know, most of them are good, and there's just a few, but a lot of times there's, oh, man, the circumstances are just suck. In fact, if you notice in the Word of God, most of the stories that we read, the circumstances aren't the ones you would choose. But God is showing us how to overcome, and that's by doing it His way, even when we don't understand because then he'll show us, and you'll be like, oh, man, I'd have never got this if I didn't actually get in here, right? That's how God works. God, God is perfect, man, and he gives us everything we need. Now, what we've got here in the last few minutes, let me just real quick run it back down. Anytime you get in the Word of God, and this is a good exercise. You got to write this down. I'm just going to tell you you don't have to, but you all write this down here at the bottom of that last page or on the back or something. And this applies to when you're trying to figure out something in the Bible or just reading the Bible. But when you start out, what's our number one, number one principle? Determine the what? Determine the context. So before you get in, they'll say, okay, I'm going to read, uh, I'm going to read uh, the book of 1 Samuel. Okay? Because that, that seems a pretty cool book. Okay, well, before I get in there, maybe I need to, okay, I know context is really important. Okay, well, how do I figure out? Okay, okay well, what, who's being talked to here? Remember, there's always, a, God always speaks to three groups of people, sometimes more than one at a time. So who, who is that back there? Well, it's Samuel and the nation of Israel, you know, uh, the Jews. Okay, all right. And again, write these things down. Get your notebook, man. Work at it. Labor at it. Okay. Here's First Samuel. Here's, okay. The people group. Okay. There's no Christians here. Old Testament. Okay. 
and Jews, and, and you might find that as you're reading through that sometimes there's Greeks being dealt with. Say, who are the Greeks? Anybody who's not, yeah, Gentile, I say Greeks, Gentile. But anybody who's not Jewish is Gentile. So, okay, hey, whoa, wait, over here. And now you go back to your, your little notes and say, hey, in this chapter, in this passage, is also dealing with Gentiles. Okay? So, three groups of people. Oh, that's right, and there's always three applications for every scripture, right? The inspirational application. Okay? Not all the Bible's written, uh, or all the Bible's written for me, but it's not all written directly to me. So, I'm back here in 1 Samuel, so I know it's not written directly to me, but it is written for me, so what do I need to learn here? What's the inspiration? What's the practical application I need to learn here as I go through? Oh, man, look at this guy, Eli. He's, a, he's God's man in the, in the temple, and he's the high, but, boy, he's letting his sons run amok, and he's doing this, and he's just getting fat. Oh, wait a minute. What's that thing we learned about, about types and pictures? So the man of God has gotten fat, and he's just sitting around? Ooh. Maybe that means I shouldn't get fat on the Word of God and just sit around, but, but rather take the Word of God and exercise so I don't get fat and I actually use it and exercise it so I don't just sit around and let things happen when I should be taking action. Oh, and oh my gosh, he's gotten so fat he fell over backwards, broke it, he's dead. Well, I sure don't want that to happen, you know, to my, my Christian life, my ministry. So I don't have a ministry. I, I'm, I'm just a Christian. If you're a Christian, you have ministry. The question is, are you doing the ministry you're supposed to be doing? Okay? First one is you're supposed to be telling people about what he did for you. Spreading the gospel is not the pastor's job. That's every Christian's job. And the Christians that are doing their job are the ones that God pulls the pastors from. But that's not their job. That's our job with the testimony of your life. And then when somebody asks, you can give an answer for the hope that's within you. That's our job, to live to the point that people ask, hey, why do you live like that? Why? And then this whole COVID, how come you're just like chill and cool and it's like no big deal? Or maybe you're like me sometimes, you're like, oh, this is so stupid and blah, blah. Because I get like that. Well, that's not helping the gospel at all, is it, that attitude? I, I'm, I'm playing lay of the sea, and it's my right to voice the way I feel about it. Sure it is. But that doesn't mean it's expedient. I mean, I'm talking to myself, being quite honest right here, all right? Because it's about getting the word out about my Savior. I'm getting in the word of God so that I can be more like him because I saw that he said that I'm supposed to study to show myself approved, a workman and a guy that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Oh, that's right, we're dividing. Okay, so I got to get these things in the right divisions. It's not just Old and New Testament. Okay, so you, when, before you ever start, you can do a few things and find out a few things and then... As you're reading through, you say, oh, okay, here's this. Hey, this is a great story. I don't really understand what the picture or what I'm supposed to be getting, but Lord, help me to see it when I need to, and if it's now, then help me to see it now, and if not, okay, and keep going. Okay. I still don't know everything about this book. I work at it every day, but I, I, <laughs> there's still passages I look at. I'm just, <laughs> I still don't get it, Lord. I know I'm thick. Okay, let's just keep moving. God knows where I'm at more than I do, so the key is keep moving. Here's the thing about God. He never stops moving, right? He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He changes not. So I need to get on board with him, not the other way around. And what these principles do is they allow you every single day to see how God thinks to see how God sees things so that you and I can learn to think like he does and to see things how he sees them, not the way I think they ought to be or shouldn't be. I, I think God, I am not God. 
seriously. Because my wrath would be hot and heavy a lot of times when it should be mercy. And, and, and I would let things go sometimes that shouldn't be let go. Because, you know, I like, I like you know, to make excuses as much as you do. <laughs> okay. And, and you know what else? We haven't talked a lot about this, but start cross-referencing, man. You find something here and, and you've proved it out, remember? Put those things together. Okay. If you've got questions how to do that, talk to your disciple or talk to your pastor. Talk to me. I'll be glad to help you with that. Put things in your Bible. You know, I have these principles in, in, in my Bible written in the front. You know, you got all those pages in the front. Put them in there. I put stuff like that. I've got the some mysteries back here. I've got some drawings in here that lay out the, the watches. And I got these things. You know why? Because I'm not going to remember all that. Are you kidding? This stupid brain in here? I'm not going to remember all that. But you know what's cool? You start putting those things in there, and then somebody asks you a question or something happens, and you're like, okay, okay, I know. Lord, help me out here. And he gives you something, or somebody says something. I even had this happen. I'm sitting in there, and I'm trying to figure something out, and I hear something on the TV out in the other room. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> bam, bam, there it is. You know, God, God will use whatever. If you're asking, if you're looking, Right? And then, okay, run back here. Okay, here's how that lays out. And okay, and there's a, okay. And we can show you how to set it up to where, okay, I've got this in the back. And if I just go to that first one, okay, boom, 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 they're all set out. Now I can just follow it all the way through the Word of God. It's fun. It's exciting, especially when you're sitting there at home with somebody, maybe somebody from work that's lost, and you're just having them over so you can try to get to know them, invite them to come out with you sometime, maybe to, you know, either play soft, uh, volleyball when we play volleyball or, or, you know, to one of our, you know, the fall fun fest when, we, when we're able to, the, you know, when there's no COVID, things like that, you know, whatever the case may be, and, and they come, and all of a sudden they ask you a question. And you're all nervous going, oh, gosh, I'm going, well, but, okay, I don't know a lot about that, but, but here's what I know. And all of a sudden you look and you go, okay, 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 here, look, let me show you over here, and boom, now you got you got all these places. Maybe, you know, I don't know. I think I know what it is, and I think it's like this. But let, let me double check before I give you a, get, show you the answer in the Word of God. Get in the, in the habit of not answering for God. Get in the habit of saying, let me show you what the Bible says. And put it between them and God. Because if, if you... I did this when I was young. I'm like, well, you know, the Bible says this, and, and you should do this and that. And, and I realized now the confrontation between me and them. But when you say, you know what, let me just show you what the Bible says. Well, I just want to know what you, what you think. What you, say. you know what, honestly, what I think doesn't matter. If I tell you something and it sounds really good and you think it's right and then you die and go to hell, I, I don't want that on me. Let me, let me show you what, what, what the Bible says, what God says. And then you put them right in front of a Bible, in front of the Word of God. You put people in front of the Word of God, you know what happens? The Holy Spirit of God, man, he expects an answer. He, he starts working. He's already working, to be quite honest. But now you got the, you've got the only thing in and out of time that can truly transform somebody can't do that you can't do that but i put them face to face with this proverbs 8 says man there isn't anything that was made wasn't made without him all these things were spoken by the word of god by the word of his mouth put them in front of this because this can do what you and i can't and maybe are pleading with god to do and he's like i'd love to if you just shut up and get out of the way mark I've heard that from God. I mean, Jim would tell you that. That's probably true of Mark. Absolutely. Okay, let me just show you what the Bible says. Okay, get me out of here. Here you go. Hmm. Don't really understand that. Okay, and next thing you know, a week later, or maybe the next day, they're like, hey, you know that thing was bugging me. I was up all night. I had a guy tell me that. He said, in fact, I came to work one day, 
not where I'm at now, but, but this guy's like, I got a bone to pick with you. I'm like, uh-oh, because we just had this good discussion the day before. He says, I'm really upset with you. I'm like, sorry, what did I do? He goes, man, you showed me stuff that kept me up all night. I haven't had a week of sleep. I've been all over trying to figure that out. And at lunch, man, you're going to sit down and show me because I'm, I'm really, I'm seeing some stuff, but I don't know what's going on here, but I'm a little worried. Okay. And I'm praying, God, help me because, you know, I'm an idiot, so help me to have the right words. And It'll happen. You, you just have to put yourself out there with God. Say, God, I'm going to promise to spend time with you. I'm going to promise to go to you. I'm going to promise to you. I'm, just, I'm going to make it about you and not about me. I'm going to do it your way, and I'm going to use these principles because these are Bible principles. These aren't, you know, I've been using these for decades now. They're not mine. They're not pastors. I, a little secret about us as Bible-believing Christians, we are plagiarizers. None of this is original. It all comes from this book. It comes from God. I didn't come up with it. Brian didn't come up. Now, Brian came up probably with a good outline because he's great at that, okay? But it's all God's material. It's not my material. It's not Brian's material. It's his. But he'll give it to you. He says, hey, I, I'm, I'm here to give it to you. And the reason I'm giving it to you is the same thing, I, reason I gave the disciples a little piece of bread and a little piece of fish. And I said, you go and tell the Lord, I don't, you just go do that. Okay. And next thing you know, 12 are feeding 5,000. You, you just thought that was a good story about a miracle? No, that's a story about what you and I are supposed to be doing. Little church in, the, in Harrisonville ought to be feeding multitudes out of the little you have. It's not about what you don't know. It's about what you do know. What are you doing with it? Are you giving it unto others? Are you sharing what God did for you? That's what this is about. Not so you can get, you know, the big Bible knowledge library in your mind to have and show off, but so that you can pass it along. Amen? Amen. It was fun uh, teaching with you. I hope online you, you uh, take these things to heart, everyone, and, uh, and put them into practice, myself included. Let's pray and we'll be done. And uh, I believe is, is uh, Luke's out there with the uh, snow stop mobile, shaved ice. So get out there and have fun with your kids. Last night of uh, uh, Pit, Fun in the Sun. Fun in the Sun. I keep thinking Pit and I'm thinking wrong acronym. So, All right, guys. Love you. I'm glad you're here. Hope you hope you take the word of God seriously, man, and apply it in your life. If you don't apply it, it'll just eat you up. If you apply it, man, you will grow like a weed. Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, we just thank.